You listen to me. You're Nick fucking Woo Cage! Hello and welcome to the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. My name is Rob and I'm joined as always by Cat Valor. Cat, how you doing? Doing good, how are you? I am good. I am good. We're going to be talking about uh, the 1993 film Amos and Andrew on this week's episode. But before we get into that, we've got a, a, just a smidgen of Nick Cage news. There's really not a whole lot this week. Okay. Um, I, I uh, Well, we'll start with Dream Scenario, which is the movie that a lot of people have been talking about with Nicolas Cage coming up. Um, I did see the trailer for it. It played before uh, my screening of Saw 10. Oh damn it! I didn't get that trailer. Oh yeah, it uh, it did play and it, it looks really good and, and really interesting and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the director, however, did say that uh, initially they approached Adam Sandler about taking the role. Oh dear lord! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure. Instant now, upgrade that, to the movie, though. Yeah, like, I mean it has to be. Me. It has to be, but it really, um, when I saw that, I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> what and is that this That does script? make me worried about what kind of film it is. Yeah. Yeah. So there's <laughs> that. That uh, That's really the only Nicolas Cage news I saw. I did want to mention, I told you this already, but uh, his other film that is out now, The Retirement Plan, I believe it's called. Um, it, yes, The Retirement Plan. It is playing in a local theater near me, but only at 11 a.m., that is so frustrating. One showing a day at 11 a.m. Unfortunately, I have not been able to go see it, and I doubt that I will because, you know, I have a job and a life, and 11 a.m. is a really inconvenient time to try and see a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible time to go see a movie. Yeah, they do that to me a lot. I really hate this theater by me. Just get that out there so everybody <laughs> knows. It's a regal, and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all the Nick Cage news I had, unless you've got anything that uh, you want to talk about. Uh, no, I knew that Dream Scenario had a trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to look it up. And it does look good. Yes. I'm a little bit sad that I didn't get it before my socks viewing. but Yeah, it's a little odd. I, I assumed, I guess I've always just sort of assumed that like you just got the same trailers nationwide, but apparently not. Apparently not. Mm. <laughs> All, right. All right. So uh, are you ready to talk about Amos and Andrew? I am as ready as I will ever be to talk about Amos <laughs> and Andrew. <laughs> Andrew Sterling has always dreamed of leaving the big city and escaping to a secluded island. No stress, no hassles, no problems. That is, until he met another man trying to escape. You're in here. Andrew meets Amos. I have a shotgun. You have a frying pan. And in one wild night. A one million dollars! And, uh, and a helicopter! Put your weapon down. Let your hostage go. Two guys from two different worlds. Maybe you've heard of the Pulitzer Prize. You won that? I did. How much you win? In one fell swoop. Became partners in crime. We're gangsters. Freeze! We're outlaws. Sounded like they were getting pretty chummy to me. 
two people who came to an island for one reason. Get in! To escape. <laughs> Shit! Not you. Nicholas Cage. Contributing to the delinquency of a minor. What do you have to say about that? She looked 18. Samuel L. Jackson. Amos and Andrew. A comedy about two mismatched men trying to escape from each other. Amos and Andrew was released on March 5th, 1993. I could not find a budget anywhere for this, and I looked at three different places, which is a lot of work for me. I usually don't do that, <laughs> uh, but I could not find a budget. I can't tell you the box office. It made $9.7 million. Um, that is shocking. Based on who's that. in this movie, I'm going to guess that they lost money. Yeah, they. there's no way yeah. <laughs> that this costs less than that just for cast alone yeah i mean uh and the cast is great it's uh obviously it has nicholas cage it also stars samuel l jackson it's got uh brad dorf in it it's got dabney coleman in it and um there were a lot of people in this movie that when they popped up i was like oh hey it's that guy yeah there were a lot of those i mean there's a this is a quality cast unfortunately it's not a quality movie um no. and we'll get to that yes but before we do, let's talk about Nicolas Cage. What did you think of him in Amos and Andrew? Um, this was not, I'll just say, this was not my favorite Nicolas Cage performance. Uh, okay. I don't know how much of it was Nicolas Cage. I don't know how much of it was uh, the like script and director for it. Uh, he just didn't have a lot of room to be Nicolas Cage in this. You know, I think he was doing fine for what he was doing. Uh, mm -hmm. but we don't get any crazy moments. It's not super funny. It's not real emotional. It's it's not that really wild, chaotic Nicolas Cage that I like to see so much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, th this was not his best work. Yeah, this was. Um, we get it towards the beginning of the movie. There's a moment where we get sort of a, a Nicolas Cage almost outburst. Um, yes. a, a, a very tiny one, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. Well, this is what we're in for. We're gonna get more of that. We don't really get any more of that in this movie. No. Um, after it, that, I will say nothing feels more like a Nicolas Cage choice to me than the fact that this character has a gold tooth. Yes. <laughs> um, it never mentioned, it never comes up. It's just a gold tooth there. Um, <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, I went, that was Nicolas Cage's idea. I guarantee it. <laughs> um, I can't back that up with anything, uh, but that just seems like a Nicolas Cage idea to me. Yeah, it's. This is, um, this he it's played fairly straight by Nicolas Cage in this movie, and I feel like, unfortunately, this is the kind of script where we need that sort of over the top Nicolas Cage to make this interesting yes. because it's just not an interesting or funny movie at all. No, uh, and it wasn't. And the one thing that really disappointed me, I, I said that I didn't know if it was him or the script. The one thing that really did disappoint me about his performance is that even with the very bland script that we have for this movie, I feel like especially toward the end, there were a lot more opportunities for it to go from kind of like mediocre to very heartfelt, which we know is something he can do. It's something we've seen him do. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't really get that either. He was just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... It's a shame that we don't get a better movie starring Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson and Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, because the two of them together, I really enjoyed watching. 
they had a lot of chemistry. Yeah, they were very good in their scenes together. And it was upsetting to me that it was in service of this movie. <laughs> yes. And that's the really frustrating thing is because you watch them on screen, they they bounce back and forth off each other pretty well. Um, the premise, I think... I, okay. So this is, <laughs> this is a 90s comedy about mm-hmm. racial tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, which for those of you listening at home who have not seen this movie, it has aged pretty much as well as you would imagine it has aged. Yeah. <laughs> um, not not well, but I think like even that premise, if they had done something interesting with it, I could not imagine a better cast for this, mm-hmm. like to play off of this idea. And it's frustrating that we had those elements and we had them in the 90s where they were going to get kind of this like lackluster treatment that just was yeah (laughs) and that's the problem the treatment is very lackluster so it feels like this movie could have been something uh really interesting um but instead it doesn't take it, it it sort of has a take on racism but not really it doesn't, Not really. <laughs> it doesn't explore it far enough or in depth really at all. It's just surface level stuff in service of the comedy side of this movie. And it's not funny. Yes. So you've just got a really bland movie that just reeks of racism. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, and it, it does. It really does. And this is, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I was not alive when this movie came out. Um, I don't want to speak on the political climate of 93, but I do think that, like, looking back on it as someone in 2023, uh, there are a lot of opportunities where they say something that you almost, like, are intrigued by, and then they back off. And there are a lot of examples of this. The one that really gets me is the fact that um, the, the premise of the movie kind of hinges on the police accidentally raid a black man's house because they think he's breaking in there's a miscommunication and then the entire movie they send nicholas cajun to pretend to be the intruder uh so that they don't have to admit wrongdoing because it would make the police department look racist and i think like again from a 2023 perspective i think there's something really interesting about the idea of like the police force screwing up being incompetent uh having these racism like claims in the department that we see are true and then coming up with this elaborate cover cover up and doing like more damage to reel it back in for the view of the public like i think that premise has legs but Mm -hmm. it doesn't like the movie presents it very much in a way where it's like well we don't want to make everyone think we're racist like and the movie tries to play it off like they weren't the entire time and it's like no no you missed it right. like <laughs> yeah um it, it, this movie stumbles upon um almost being interesting in 2023 almost. to me it's um, so close because it is it, it if you stop and think about it and you look at this in 1993 it was the premise of a comedy that someone would a rich white person would see a black person in their neighborhood and call the police and then the police <laughs> would shoot at the unarmed black man who has done nothing wrong 
that's now the reality that we live in every day <laughs> yeah. in this country. But 30 years ago, it was the premise of a comedy. I would love um, to see this remake. I would love to see Jordan Peele remake this as a horror movie. Yeah. It's, it's what so, I want. <laughs> um, but I will say, um, as the resident old man who was uh, very much alive in 1993, um, that was sort of the climate. There were a lot of jokes um, that weren't about race like it wasn't um something that that was shied away from joking about at the time mm -hmm. uh whether you say that uh is a good thing or a bad thing i i i'm not making a comment one way or another i can't tell you this movie does feel very much of its time um in in that respect i did not see this movie when it came out i was put off by the title amos and andrew <laughs> okay um i don't know if you're familiar with amos and andy so I, we were, I was talking about this with uh, people on Twitter. I actually got a few comments from people that had seen this when it came out. Uh, but we were talking about it on Twitter and it's like, I know I'm aware of Amos and Andy, but I am aware of it through 30 Rock did a parody of it also. Oh. So I've now at this point seen two parodies of Amos and Andy yeah. without having any context into the actual show. Well, Amos and Andy was... It started in, I believe, like the 1920s. It was a radio show. It was a radio comedy. And the two lead characters were Amos and Andy, and they were two uh, black men in Chicago, I think, or some city. And, um, they, of course, it was the 1920s, so they were voiced by white men. Um and it was it was it's just a racist show. It was about how, you know, dumb these two guys were. And that was they were the butt of all the jokes. Yeah. Um, and then in the 19, I, I guess it would have been probably the 1950s, it was turned into a television show. Um, but I don't think it lasted very long on TV. Um, so, yeah, it was just this this terrible racist show. So even in 93, when I saw the movie, movie was called Amos and Andrew, I was like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even I had no idea what it was about. I was just like, I don't know. I don't want to see anything to do with that. <laughs> um <laughs> So this was the first time I'd sat down to watch it. And I don't know. I mean, I think this movie falls just short of being racist. Um, because I do, short. <laughs> I do feel like that it makes the racist white police department and white neighbors uh, and all of that the butt of the jokes. It um, does. Um, the movie doesn't punch down at any point. No, and I don't like the my biggest criticism with the like movie in its time and place, I think, is just that it makes it look um more innocent, I guess, than I feel like it is, but they are always the butt of the jokes. Like they're portrayed as very bumbling and mm -hmm. dumb and they're I, outside I do think the wrong house for the majority of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even you know, I mean I like that it's clear that they're the idiots in the situation. Yes, like, yes. That's, but it that's does good. feel like it kind of tiptoes up to that line pretty close at times. Um, Uncomfortably close at times. The um, Should we talk about the blackface situation? Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's not... I kept thinking that they were doing that intentionally because they were going somewhere like it was going to be a punchline um at some point and it just wasn't it was just a thing that was happening like accidentally to people because it was like the car backfire i think yeah 
uh, that got the first guy, and then they had to dress, like, and so his face gets covered in the, like, exhaust fumes or whatever and then because they're dressing nick cage up like that cop they also have to like they send him in with his face all messed up and it's like i thought it was leading up to something which i'm not sure would have made it better Mm -hmm. uh depending on what that punchline had been you know but i i thought it was going to be relevant and it just it was weird that it was going on for yeah I, i feel like that was the joke that people kept ending up in blackface yeah, I, um, not, but doesn't that doesn't hold up <laughs> very well in 2023? No. Um, but I will say, in the early 90s, nobody would have blinked an eye at that. I mean, okay. it wasn't. This isn't that long after the movie Soul Man, where C. Thomas Howell literally puts on blackface <laughs> to pretend to be a black man to go to college. Man, yeah. Um. So you know, the 80s, early 90s were a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it's not funny, and that's the thing. Watching yeah. it today. It's not funny, you know, um, w- whether I would have considered it funny in 93 or not. I'm, I'm not going to guess. I, you know, I don't know. I doubt it, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I did not find it. I did not find it funny today. And that's really the 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 terrible thing about this movie is it's so close. to it, it, it equally is so close to being racist and equally as close to saying something important and having a, a good message but it doesn't do either it, because it keeps trying to be funny and it's yeah. not funny so it's it's just nothing it's a whole lot of nothing is maybe the best way to describe this movie yeah it's just i mean and it's you know it's so weird to see you know i mean samuel l jackson and nicholas cage together on screen in this movie it just, it seems almost impossible that this is how it happened, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was not a, not a big fan of Amos and Andrew. Um, it does have that classic nineties thing where it ends with its own rap song. I will say, um, I, this is my, <laughs> this is cat's confession hour. I kind of like the rap song. <laughs> like it has that nineties. It's, it's such mm. a nineties move and yeah. it was so much funnier than the movie. That's what I was like... going to say. The, the, the song is funnier <laughs> than the movie. Yeah. Um, the song, if you're interested, you might be able to find it is suburban nightmare by Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> uh, Suburban Nightmare by Sir Mix-a-Lot is what Amos and Andrew was trying to do, and he yeah. does it in like three minutes, mm-hmm. where this movie couldn't do it in like an hour and thirty. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A lot of running jokes. I do think. I mean, at the end, it, it gets the ending right in that the the you know the black man and the sort of um. I, I don't know even know how to describe it. Like the 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 put the put upon white guy, um, you know they end up getting over on the system and getting away, and that's good. Although yeah. Nicholas Cage drives in the wrong direction at the end, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, it's just the the message doesn't it doesn't explore any of these topics deeply enough, and it's not funny, and that's really the biggest sin. If this movie had been laugh out loud funny, I would have probably been able to forgive it not exploring the subject matter deeply enough because i'd have been yeah. like all right that's not what they're trying to do they're trying to make a funny movie you know yeah. and if they had succeeded uh you wouldn't have to poke apart the social right. commentary threads right. but but they're not but it's not funny so then i'm like well then there's got to be some social commentary to it and it's not there either 
And we keep saying it, that they almost did stuff with this movie, but you brought it up right there when they stuck the landing of the thing, where it's like, they had this really interesting, what could have been a really interesting dynamic about intersectionality, where we have this, like, sort of down-on-his-luck idiot white guy with a... um with a black man who comes from a wealthier family and has a higher education and, you know, is in a better situation. And, and I think that could have been, again, it could have been a really interesting look, but they didn't do anything with it other than uh, Samuel L. Jackson gets to give Nick Cage a watch. And it's yeah. like, all right, yeah, I guess. Um, oh, which no. again, it makes sense because they weren't trying to do anything with that. They were trying to make a comedy, but they failed on on all counts. There, yeah, they it just it, this movie is is just a it, it's a failure, pretty much across the board on everything that it was. I what I assume trying to do. Um, and it, it was too bad because like it does feel like they did come close to doing something interesting with it. Um. And again, it, Nicolas Cage is is not giving uh, a typical over-the-top Nicolas Cage performance. Maybe that could have helped. I don't know. Um, Samuel L. Jackson is Samuel L. Jackson. He's great, by the way. I love Samuel L. Jackson. He's fantastic. It is funny, though, because he also, n- not that he gets really over-the-top, you know, but I do know him from his more, um, like, very emphatic performances. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was very subdued for both of them. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was. It it was. Um, but you know, and the most I, I think the most um, sort of enthralled by this movie that I was, the most gripped by the movie that I was, was the scene where they were in the bedroom and Nicolas Cage um, was couldn't tie the tie, so Samuel L. Jackson was tying the tie for him and telling him the story of like how he grew up. Yeah. And and sort of giving his family sort of the backstory. That to me was the most interesting that this movie got. Absolutely. And it's one of those moments where it's like you can see there was the groundwork for something really interesting here. Um you, you really believe uh Samuel L. Jackson's character in that moment. And I, I wish he had gotten a better movie. Yeah. I mean, that. I wish we would gotten a movie of that. And not yeah. not the movie that we got with you know Dabney Coleman running around like an idiot and stuff. Who I love, I like Dabney Coleman. He's a, he's a funny actor and everything. But you know he was. It, it occurred to me at some point I was like, isn't he just kind of doing what he did in nine to five in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and Brad Dorf running around um, acting like a, a some sort of superhero cop and everything. It, none of that stuff landed. Uh, no. There was nothing outside of the scenes with Nicolas Cage and Samuel L. Jackson that landed. And even some of their scenes didn't really hit home like they should have. Um, And you brought up two of my, there were three things that I liked about this movie. Uh, <laughs> the song, the, uh, the scene with Samuel L. Jackson uh, and the tie, I th- thought was really good. There was one line. The cops did have one moment that I thought was good. Um, And again, who knew that like 30 years later, it was going to end up being a perfect parallel for society today. But the uh, fuck the First Amendment I think might have been my favorite line of the movie. Um, They accidentally struck gold with that one. (laughs) And you can tell I don't think that, I I highly doubt that was as funny in 93 as what it was looking back at 93 and being like, oh shit. (laughs) 
yeah. they nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it probably would have come off as funny at all. No, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I I'm hard pressed to think of a single thing that I laughed at in this movie. Uh, that one got me. Not like laugh out loud funny, but a kind mm-hmm. of incredulous, like, oh my God. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I, there was, I think, a throwaway line from Nicolas Cage that made me chuckle when he was threatening to shoot the guy if he didn't give him his car keys. And Samuel L. Jackson said, he's not going to do it. He doesn't, he's not a killer. And, he, and Nicolas Cage <laughs> goes, what'd you tell him that for? And that made me chuckle. It's not laugh good. out loud funny, but it did, it did kind of make me chuckle. Um, but other than that, I mean, there just wasn't anything funny in this movie. Like, I, I struggled to even see where the comedy was, you know? Yeah, uh, it was it was from and like there are things where it's like you can describe it's funnier to describe this movie than it is to watch it because oh, you can yes. see where the comedy was supposed to be. Like your description of that scene just now was a lot funnier than actually watching the scene. And I think another really good example of that, he's like, you know, I didn't order pizza. I ordered a delivery truck you know and mm-hmm. he, they're like gonna drive it away and stuff and they get outside and it's a you know scooter right. <laughs> uh like that could have been really funny but the moment just like doesn't land you know yeah. it's and just the, nick cage looking at a scooter and you're like Ugh. yeah the thing that was weird too that came of that was him like flirting with that 17 year old girl speaking of things that aged poorly yeah <laughs> that was a little a little weird and not not needed in any way no. at all for the movie no, uh, she could have been older. She could have not been there. Like yeah. she just hangs. She, as a character, really overstayed her welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like you, obviously, in the situation. If this were a real life situation, you wouldn't blame the girl. But it's like you do kind of have to blame the writers for just like letting this teenager yeah. hang around and flirt with the cage. <laughs> like get yeah. her out of here. And she writes her phone number on his hand. I, just weird. I. And, and completely out of left field and not needed for and the she has movie. A at boyfriend all. that she's not in love with. And yeah. it's like, I felt like I knew too much about her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we do get a lot about her. And then Nicolas Cage tries to kiss her. And then I, it was, and it's again, it's just completely not needed. I, I don't, I could not figure out why that was even in the movie. Like, I, I feel like even if you shoot that and it seems like a good idea in editing, somebody's got to go, you know, we could just lose this and it doesn't change the movie. Editors should have caught that, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess he does give her the tape, which she then takes the reporter, but I, you know. He could have just gotten that. there in a much less creepy way than we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so I think I'm and out. I don't know. Do you have more? The last thing that I, I really want to say about this, like, that was uncomfortable. Uh, some of the... I. I was really uncomfortable watching this movie. I feel like if I watched it a second time, I would mostly be bored. But -hmm. there was kind of like going in, not knowing where it was going. There was kind of this constant discomfort where it's like, is this about to be really offensive? (laughs) Like, and it never crossed that line. Like, it it was never interesting enough. It was never interested enough in its own issues to cross that line, in my opinion. It it, tiptoes up to that line a lot, though. It, uh, yeah it does and it's not like it, it's never going to be a good movie but i i will say a lot of the discomfort does kind of come from just like not knowing where mm-hmm. they're going with stuff and then i there's there's no reason to ever rewatch this i'm not sure there's a reason to have watched it in the first place outside of this podcast so no. 
Uh, I mean, you you saw on Twitter last night, a a guy I know said, hey, what movie should I watch tonight? And I just, (laughs) I responded, well, I'm watching Amos and Andrew, and I would suggest watching literally anything else. (laughs) This is not, this movie's not, if you have not seen it, it is not worth your time. No. Uh, There's nothing here. It's it's, um, an average performance from Nicolas Cage at best. It's not funny. Uh, it it brings up social issues that then it just does not comment really on deeply enough or explore at all. Um, yeah, there's no reason to watch this movie. And and again, terrific cast full of, I mentioned the, the people that were in it, but there's a lot of names I didn't mention because literally they're people that I don't know their names, but I literally get excited when I see them in movies. Yeah. And, I had a lot of those. Yeah, there were, I mean, three or four of those. Where I was like, oh, that guy's always good. Oh, that guy. And it's not bad. I don't think it's bad performances. I just think it's a bad script. It was a bad idea. They should not have done this. <laughs> I wish they had not done this. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that is uh, that is Amos and Andrew. Um, do you want to get into the bees on this thing? Yeah, let's get into some bees. <sighs> Whoa, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees. Ah! All right, we do two scores. We give each movie a Nicolas Cage score. That is uh, not only a score for Nicolas Cage's performance, but the film's use of Nicolas Cage. And then we'll also give the movie itself a score. Uh, Kat, what do you have for a Nicolas Cage score for Amos and Andrew? Uh, So we've had a lot of movies where I have a big disparity between what I would have given Nick Cage and what I feel the movie did with him. I don't know what's what in this one. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just a four. Okay. It just feels like a four performance to me. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how to divvy up the blame for that one, but yeah. um, So I had an interesting time uh, like you trying to score this movie, Um, not the actual movie. I movie score wasn't that hard to come (laughs) up with, but the, uh, the, the Nicholas Cage score was a little, a little more difficult because it is hard to tell how much is him and how much is the actual movie. Um, I'm not sure if he had played it, crazier i mean may, i guess it would have been probably a more entertaining movie but i don't know that would have ever been better um so i i went right down the middle and i give it a five yeah just because honestly it's hard for me to tell <laughs> <laughs> um i wasn't i wasn't put off by his performance in any way um, that was a really weird aspect of this because it's like there are performances that he's given where i've been more agitated with him but those were a lot more dynamic and interesting the big example being Peggy Sue got married. I hated him so much in that movie, but like I was interested in hating him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was giving me something. <laughs> you know? Like, Yeah. Um, I was just looking at the Peggy Sue got married cage scores and we were vastly different on that one. I really liked we, that. <laughs> we felt very different about yeah. that one. I don't know. We'll ever see a bigger disparity in scores. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what do you give Amos and Andrew overall as a film? Surprisingly, um, because I wrote down a a number that was lower, and then I came in and I was comparing it to some of the other movies we've seen. I I bumped the score up to two point five. Okay. Because I feel like the fact that it was almost the the fact that it had such a good cast. Uh, the fact that it almost touched on so many interesting things, I feel like this has to be a better movie than Zandali. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I feel strongly like I needed to give it a 0. 0.5 higher than Zandali. Okay. Um, 
Uh, it almost and and I think and after I wrote it down, like it felt high, but then I was looking at the cast and it's like Samuel L. Jackson has really good moments in it. it it's not Nick Cage's worst performance. Mm-hmm. I, you can tell that they were trying. And also there's a point five in there for Sir Mix a lot. Yes. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I, I will say this in talking about Nicolas Cage and Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. I actually think that Samuel L. Jackson gives a better performance in this movie than Nicolas Cage does. Absolutely. If we yeah. had a Samuel L. Jackson score, uh, he would do really well in this movie. Yeah, yeah. he's he is uh, he is doing everything he can for this movie. Um, it's just it's this movie, unfortunately. <laughs> he's got he's got the best character in the movie, mm-hmm. so I it, you know he has an advantage, but he does really well with it. You know, um, yeah. he's subtle when he needs to be. He's he hits the comedic marks a lot better than anyone else in this movie. Like yes. he does really well. Yeah. Despite um, everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I also gave this a half point uh, higher than Zandali, but quite by accident, I was just looking at my score for Zandali and realized uh, that it was indeed a half <laughs> point. I gave uh, Amos and Andrew a two overall. Um, yeah. I um I will never watch this movie again. No. <laughs> um, it's there's no reason to. It, uh, there's nothing to take away from this movie. But I will say I I I wasn't really bored watching it. Although kind of like bored. you said a lot of that not being bored might be oh my god what are they going to say? What are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um but yeah, I so I cannot uh, envision myself ever revisiting this movie for any reason. Certainly uh, so, not for fifteen dollars. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Now, yeah, it was streaming free on YouTube. It is now fifteen dollars on YouTube. So, uh, uh, free with ads, I think, is the correct price to pay. Yeah, and a lot of the ads were more entertaining than the movie <laughs> at times. Yeah, so yeah. that that was correct. Uh, don't pay money for this. No, and this was, I will say, a uh, massive, massive disappointment and downgrade after just seeing Nicolas Cage in a comedy and Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah. And this, you know, we, we, I roasted Nicolas Cage's comedic timing a little bit in this movie. Mm. He can hit those marks. And we saw it in Honeymoon in Vegas, where he was the best part of the movie doing great. <laughs> yeah. I think part of the problem is this movie's just not funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, when there are comedic marks for him to hit, he right. hits them. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's just nothing funny in this movie for him yeah. to do or to hit. Um, and I don't think we're going to get anything funny next week either. What? Oh, yeah. I forgot what we were doing for a second. Yeah. Our next, uh, our next film up is the 1993 film Red Rock West. Um, it is, uh, described as a neo-noir thriller, uh, starring Nicolas Cage, Laura Flynn Boyle, JT Walsh, and Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of excited about seeing Dennis Hopper and Nicolas Cage together. That does sound interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, because that could uh, that could result in anything. Now, I have not seen Red Rock West. Have you seen this before? I've not seen it. All right. Um, and actually, this one's ooh, weird release. It's got a weird release dates. It's listed as a 1993 film. It was released in France on June 16th, 1993, but it didn't hit America until April 8th, 1994. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. But that explains also maybe why we had a tough time finding it. This is like a boy in blue situation. Yeah. It's not as bad as the boy in blue was, uh, yeah. but this we was, did. it's not streaming 
yeah. for the most part. We we were able to finally locate it, but yes, um, <laughs> the, the boy in blue was kind of a nightmare to try and find. Um, but he does seem to do these overseas strange releases <laughs> that we then yeah. have to like track down. Well, what's funny though, this was it was shot in America. I mean, it was shot in Montana, Arizona. No, Montana and three locations in Arizona. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. What I'm wondering is if that France release date isn't a festival, like maybe it played con or something. Oh, that, that would make sense. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, Although then you have to ask why something in the nineties that made festivals would be so hard to find it today. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, we had trouble finding Honeymoon in Vegas, which seems like it should be the easiest movie in the world to find. <laughs> oh, man. So some of these are really difficult. It's like the universe doesn't want people to watch Nicolas Cage movies for some reason. Which is insane. I feel yeah. like the universe should be advertising more <laughs> Nick Cage movies. <laughs> Not uh, this but, one that uh, we just talked about. But yeah, generally. Yeah, don't watch that one. <laughs> yeah. The universe should hide that one away. Um, <laughs> you can find me... Um, at Radio Rob one two three across all social media, and you can listen to the other show that Cat and I do together, called Slasher Radio, which is all about horror movies. You can find it wherever you're listening to the Nick Fucking Woo Cage Cast. Cat, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on social media at Cat Valor or Twitter at Cat underscore Valor. You can check out my website, CatValor.com. We will be back next week when we talk about Red Rock West. <laughs>